Welcome homeowners, home buyers, landlords, and tenants alike. People who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton, as they break down the modern-day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and if you're not careful, you'll learn. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curl? Thanks for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison musician Seesaw. Welcome to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. On the Facebook, at in the 608. Well, I'm Adam Elliott. And I'm Ben Anton. And we welcome you to Real Estate in the 608. It's a podcast that you're listening to. Hey, thanks for being here. Where in each episode, we bring in a guest to talk real estate. We discuss the real estate headlines of the day. We'll talk about the highs and the lows of sales in Dane County. We're going to enjoy the top of the hour tip and the market update from Asher Messino. Yeah, and one of the things we always do, Ben, is we've got to surround ourselves with people smarter than us. It just makes us look good sometimes. So, you know... You are who you spend the most time with. Oh, like the yeah. five people that you spend the most time with will define you. If we surround ourselves with people, you can read the subtext in there, but maybe that by default makes us smarter too. One of those folks who's smarter than us, by the way. Uh, Phil Plort, father of Monona Grove graduate. Yeah, that's I was, that was a little, Oh, that's that was great. Some, Good from Phil Plort, president Blimling and Associates at a vision of dairy.com. He will be in with his look beyond the 608. We'll also hear in between uh, Ben and I talking music from local artists from right here in the 608. I went to Bob Westfall's memorial. Oh, last. yeah. How was it? It was really nice to both be out mm-hmm. uh, as well as to see a lot of uh, a lot of his friends and then some some uh, some musicians playing his stuff. Too. Music filled. Oh, yeah. that's great. That's great to hear. I'm glad. Well, let's say who we are, too. I'm Adam, by the way, as we kind of introduced ourselves. I'm a homeowner, uh, teacher, do UX, uh, used to be on the radio in Madison as well. My name's Ben Anton, and I am a lumberjack today. <laughs> you don't, you're okay? <laughs> Got a little bit of lumberjacking in after uh, the storm. Oh, yeah. I'm a landlord, and I'm a real estate broker at the Lauer Realty Group. Right. This week, our guest, Todd Steege, owner of TNT Insulation. We could make ACDC jokes there, dan, but we dan. won't. <laughs> All right, TNT installation. So he's, Todd he's, knows how to wrap things up well, I'm guessing. He has helped me and I'd <laughs> imagine hundreds, but hundreds of people make their homes more comfortable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kind of along the lines, like I was introduced to him by former guest Steve Pipson. Oh, okay. Energy efficiency expert, right? Oh. And this is, Todd is kind of where the rubber hits the road. Looking forward to Todd's. What's been going on since last time, Ben? I finished up the remodel on 2nd Street. Congrats. And someone moved in there on June 1st. Wow, okay. And then... And then you learn all the things that you hadn't tried yet. Had anyone <laughs> taken a shower? Is the drain clogged? Had anyone used the clothes dryer? Is the gas on? Any and surprises? There, does the doorbell work? <laughs> I think does, you're just mentioning these because Does the they closer were. on the storm door work? Does the screen on the sliding glass door work? Finish carpenter. Mm-hmm. Put a nail through a pipe. Oh, now, no. And I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why it didn't show itself immediately. But when they moved in and started using hot water upstairs, it wiggled that nail loose, and all of a sudden there's water dripping in the basement. And we're like, where's that coming from? Because that nail been in that pipe for about a week and a half. (laughs) It's like a mystery episode. But if you followed us on Instagram, Real Estate in the 608... You'd have seen seen what we found when we pulled that drywall off. So the finishing up, 
of Second Street. Like that's mm-hmm. like that's like Menards two three times a day. Ugh. but so I was, that's frustrating. For I me. was Are fortunate. You... <laughs> yeah. There was one time I I was like I had gotten into the car and then someone called me. I had to go back in. Like I hadn't even left. <laughs> All right, well, hadn't even left. There's something the lot yet. But thank goodness there was an eleven percent sale that week <laughs> because I am going to have some serious rebate. You money got some coming. rebate coming. And FYI, I spend that on like bacon. Like we do not Does spend Menards sell bacon. Heck yeah, do they? And and pre their pre made ribs that are in the back in the freezer are delicious. Oh, I've got this thing about buying food that places that isn't from grocery stores like gas stations. I won't buy food from there. Well, Menards you, is one of the spa- like a bottle of soda maybe, but like ba- <laughs> you're they, giving me the look. <laughs> this is an area in which we have very different opinions. <laughs> I can see. That's all right. We can still we still get along here. That's just right. fine. We'll be fine. And I will make you the, those ribs someday. Maybe oh, next right. to my own ribs, and you'll be like, well, for for gas station ribs, those ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> that is a day where I'll literally eat my words. Then. And what have you been doing, Adam? Oh, uh, so we've talked about the late Kashkanong area because it showed up in the highs and lows. I actually visited this past weekend to somebody who was having a wedding, and I was like, "Wow, this is a great little space that I've not been to in quite some time." We talk about it all the time. I know that, we do. In the southeast corner yeah. of of Dane County, it's just beautiful, just natural space. Did I see pictures from a wedding? Was that you a, did. Yeah, that was yeah. the wedding that we were attending. Congratulations um, to everybody. I know, right? It was a good one. I also have a trifecta. I Adopted a canoe. Um, so oh. that will be one of my new summer tasks is getting back into paddling. And then I think a mention because Mad City Jug Band is one of the artists that we play on our podcast. Yeah. They're going to be making the bridge to play at Atwood Fest. Atwood Fest, July 30th and 31st on the 2000 block of Atwood Avenue across from the Barrymore Theater. Oh, it's one of your favorites, isn't it? You it do is, a lot of work with the Atwood It is Fest, one right? that, that five year, five, six years ago now I was very involved in. Um, and now uh, I there's a lot more people doing a lot more things, but they still let me come. <laughs> and I can and I get golf cart and clipboard oh. and, and, and radio radio walkie-talkie privileges. Back in the days when we did Rhythm and Booms at Warner Park, you knew you were important if you had the golf cart. You got a golf cart you and got a walkie-talkie. You were your class A level. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's what's been going on since last time. Uh, let's talk about what's going on from the headlines. From the headlines, I just we keep talking about this because it keeps showing up in the headlines. <laughs> yeah. uh, the downtown Madison building, home to Paisan's Restaurant, yeah. is being ordered to close for the third time. So, Three times in, a, in a news release last week, the city uh, said the closure of the building uh, comes after the building's owners failed to comply with conditions of occupancy previous established. That was because the reported they were supposed to submit reports like you can be in it, oh, but you need to okay. keep us up to date on these things and measurements and and I constant reporting. That did not happen. Hmm. Um, so, the, but now the building's owners have have filed a demolition permit to tear it down because they argued the structure is deteriorating and at risk of immediate collapse. Immediate collapse. Right. So, wow. the, so okay. now you've got the people who own the building saying it's coming. It They're saying my own house is coming down. My own house right. is, is immediately at risk of immediate collapse, and the city says then. I don't think that it's really going to come down. It is what it quote, do not believe the building is at risk of imminent collapse. Um, so the city's <laughs> plan commission is tentatively set to hear the demolition request 
uh, late June. One of the things that would normally accompany a demolition request, which are nine times out of ten granted, um, yeah. is is that you that you know what you're going like the like you get to tear it down for something. And you're doing something. With it, it is right? my understanding that that you don't just get to tear things down. Period. What's been going on, Oscar Mayer? Are we getting a new hot dog Just, plant? A developer is proposing a 150 million, 550 low cost, 550 unit low cost housing project near the prized wetland and open space that is that is the first offering under the city's ambitious plan to remake the entire Oscar Mayer like. Area. Mm-hmm. So the city staff and the neighborhood disagree as to where these new streets should be and how much of mm-hmm. the, yeah. I believe, what is being referred to as the Hartmeyer wetlands uh, should mm-hmm. be left or should be uh, should be developed. And so the so it's you know like it's kind of like the, the good arguing with the good. All right, that's what's been going on from the headlines. Let's talk about those lows and highs. Sometimes I'm sure. Oh, sometimes my head's not. Snowing, snowing down, snowing down, down, slow into the And here we are in Edgerton. Just <laughs> talked about it. I don't know. Did you drive past this house on the way to the wedding? I don't think I went to Edgerton Road. Okay. Yeah. And in fact, Edgerton Road is in Albion or Albion. Oh, that's a little a two trick, bed, yeah. Two bed, one bath, 1570 square feet. That's huge mm, for yeah. a two bedroom. Yeah. Uh, just five days on the market at $90,000, sells for $87,500 cash, and closes inside 10 days. No interior pictures, which is like that. <laughs> Sometimes people ask me if that's like a sign. Not always, but Not always. He, here yeah. I would say it is. Here's the other things that you can, that, that you can tell the, the cliche MLS remarks that you could like identify um, fixer upper. Great opportunity. I'm doing finger air quotes here, as well as a little TLC. Little okay. So it had all three of those things. Uh, sits on an almost a, a full acre, but it says with the convenience of first floor laundry. I said, now that tells me that the basement's nasty. <laughs> so if you're looking at some old ass house and it says with the convenience of first floor laundry, that means you might have to duck in the basement like that. And then uh, when when looking at the MLS, you can see like the description of the foundation. Oh yeah, this, yeah. This ha- this one they like checked all the boxes. Partial walk out to walk out to yard, crawl space, <laughs> poured foundation. Like usually <laughs> just like one or two of those things sums it up. Good to know those codes, the translation. All right, what about the highest? Two point three million dollars. Last last year that was our high price, and now this year we've had like That's two already that that creamed it. And so two point three is the new normal. Uh, five bed, six bath, with more than ten thousand square feet. Wow, that's a in, barn in Middleton. What many people might just uh, point to and say Bishop's Bay. Okay, but gigantic. It's huge. Six car garage. Oh, I could fit my canoe in there now. You that's could. Great. <laughs> um, and if if you go by square footage and garage spaces, this is this is a deal. Those are the lows and the highs in Dane County. Um, our guest, who will be coming in very soon, is Todd Steege, owner of TNT Insulation. Graduate from uh, UW-Platteville with a double major in both construction management and geography. Oh, so he knows his map well. Oh, so yeah, it's like because he can get the job, then he also get there as well. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's all they cover. <laughs> 
in geography. No, I think well, hopefully they cover a little more than just that. <laughs> it's like a course in Apple Maps. Uh, but we, I wonder how those two things. I wonder if there's any. And I'm doing my, I'm doing my lacing of the fingers now. Yeah, I'm wondering if those two uh, majors had any kind of, uh, if there was a Venn diagram of his majors. I betcha. I mean, if you're building, um, doing construction, you got to site it out and do all those things. So maybe there's some connections to be made. Yeah, again, I would think that just the reading the reading of a map might... You just like look at Google Maps and figure it out. Gets, gets pretty cold there. <laughs> going to need some insulation. Let's take a little break for the top of the hour tip. It's going to be some local advice from one of our favorite Lauer Realty Group agents, Asher Messina, on how to improve your home or investment property ownership experience. Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real Estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn. It's time for the top of the hour tip on the phone with us. Star real estate agent Asher Messino, I believe with some storm-related advice. Hey, Ben, I do have some advice. I went to a final walkthrough of a house the other day. And, and the, it was and the final walkthrough is usually within hours before the closing. And it's just to make sure that the house is still standing, that they left the right appliances, that they emptied out, that they moved out. It's kind of like a often perfunctory step. Right. It's to see if there's been any damage since you wrote the offer. Um, so we had our final walkthrough scheduled for just the hour before the closing because we knew the sellers had already been moved out and that the house had been um, had a final walkthrough done by the listing agent a couple days prior. So the listing agent actually came to the house after the storm, looked around, thought everything looked good, <laughs> didn't really peek in the backyard too, too long. So we get to the final walkthrough. Everything's great at the house. And then we get to the backyard and there is an enormous pine tree that was split in half. Um, a lot of it was hanging over the fence, which it broke. It broke the fence. It took down the electrical wires and it's hanging in two adjoining neighbor's lots. Um, so obviously I knew in that moment we wouldn't be closing in an hour. Um, so now we're just working through the details of that. So how are we going to have this remediated prior to closing? So what's likely going to happen is that some of the work might get done before we close. We are extending it to 10 days. Um, we do have to extend the buyer's rate lock, which um, we are having the seller pay for. Um, and then within that 10 days, some of that work might get done. Any remaining work that doesn't get done, we are going to have the seller escrow to the title company one and a half times the amount of the bid. 
so that the sellers, or excuse me, so that the buyers can then take care of that after closing. Because we all know it is super difficult to get contractors scheduled uh, within, you know, a 10-day time frame. So top of the hour tip today, if you're about to close on your new home, when a big storm rolls through, one, cross your fingers, and two, <laughs> uh, have both the, uh, the, the insight to lay eyes, perhaps even more than an hour in advance of the closing, but also uh, think of some of those tools that Asher and her clients employed to see that the work would be done and that the buyers are protected. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you very much, Asher, and good luck with your pine tree removal. Yep. Thanks, Ben. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam. Uh, Ben is right across the table from me. Ben, it's time for Dispatches from the Front. Uh, What did you learn this last month? I wrote down here, Japanese knotweed. It is so nasty. Is that like an invasive weed or something? It's an invasive and noxious weed. If you've ever seen it, I feel bad for you. And if you haven't, just hope you don't. What does it do? Oh, it's... You know what rhizomes are, Adam? Uh, I think so. It has to do with it's got all plants ki- or food. It's got all kinds of rhizomes. <laughs> okay. It's the roots. Well, you don't want the rhizomes, it's do you? It's the root. Because like, like you cut up a little bit of root, you grow another one. Uh, and it crawls okay. through the yard. Like and Creepin' second, Charlie. You it's, can, it can be like eight feet tall. Except <laughs> a monster version of it. <laughs> so it doesn't really creep so much <laughs> as it sprouts out like corn stalks and looks oh, like a damn boy. Iowa cornfield next... So just the dispatch from this month, I got to see the gutters work today. Oh, well, yeah, sure. So we bought, bought, bought a four-unit late last year, and for the last 40 years, it did not have gutters. And now? And now it does. Rain came down and, and went in the right direction. And, but, I got to say, of <clears throat> many of the design features of the house, like I also appreciate when gutters work with a downpour because it's taking something that's like... You know, yeah. Mother Nature is dropping and redirecting it and placing it where you want it. And lucky there's no tall trees by this house, oh. so I will probably never have to go up there and clean them. <laughs> Price quality gutters out of Sun Prairie. Miguel is your guy. Okay. Uh, and wow, did they perform today? So I bet he's I bet. on. He's on the website under my under my guys. Okay. Uh, BenAnton.com and the read section. You need to know. Uh, I got. That's where I got my list. Your list of who? My list you, of people who you work. Many with. of those people you've heard here. All right. Why don't we take a break and bring in our guest, Todd Stege. Hey, we ever get back to stay? Gonna be another brand new day. When I'm walking with my baby down by the San Francisco Bay. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Uh, his name is Ben Anton. My name is Adam Elliott, and our guest is here. Todd Steege is the owner of TNT Insulation. He's from Montello, Wisconsin. Graduated from the UW Platteville with a double major in construction management and geography. After college, he worked at the Menards Corporate Office. That's going to raise a lot of questions for me, just so you know. As a new store construction project manager. And then in 2009, started in the insulation and air sealing industry. He's been a certified building performance analyst and ResNet Raider. When he gets the chance, he enjoys the outdoors, hunting, fishing, camping, and hiking, and watching his kids play soccer, which we, we all love. <laughs> so we know he loves watching his kids play soccer, but do we know if he's fun? Uh, oh, do you know what I also hear? What? 
So we know he knows how to save big money. But is he fun? <laughs> the first part, I don't know what to do with that. But the second part, is he fun? We've got to ask him questions and play ourselves a little game. We're going to play a get to know you game, a quiz game, a Madison history and environs trivia game. We call the way it used to be. There used to be. There used to be. There used to be. Used to be nothing but smiling faces far as the eye could see. Car in every driveway, swinging every tree. Are you ready, Todd? Yes. All right. Until his retirement in 1999, the jolly white-haired gentleman reminded Menard shoppers every 90 seconds or so over the public address system that you save big money when you shop Menards. Name this Antigo, Wisconsin native and 20-year-plus Menards pitch man. Uh, I don't remember his name. All right. Ray Amanda. He's a, he was like, I believe, a radio guy. He was. Yeah. And a voice guy. Yeah. And, and, and Menards made him famous. He did. Er, even then. It's not required knowledge to know him in the Menards handbook, though. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently not. <laughs> All right. Did Menards make him famous or did he make Menards famous? Yeah, right. Exactly. The Platt Mound is 150 feet high, rises an estimated 400 feet above the city of Platteville, and is about one mile long. There's a big M on it. What is the big M for, Todd? I'm going to say minors. You are correct. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I'm glad you said it with such confidence. The M is the official symbol for the minors of the Wisconsin Institute of Technology, formerly the Wisconsin Mining School, and currently your alma mater, the University of Wisconsin-Platteville. Because that's where we get... Wisconsin Badgers, right? The Badgers, they burrow into the hills, and that's what the miners were called? I think so. Badgers, something like that. We're all about digging into things here in Wisconsin. (laughs) All right, so you've got the bell once. You're one for two. In new construction, after a home is air-sealed and insulated, just before occupancy, where must the res check certificate be posted, and by whom? The electrical panel, and by your HVAC contract. All right. Fantastic. Okay. Is that something that stays with the house, or is that something you're leaving for the inspector to come through and look at? I'd say, yeah, good practice to do both for the inspection and for future homeowners. All right. And the res check, remind me again, this is the grading card? We talked your about report, like the report, report card. card. Okay. Uh, res check, correct. Yeah. So it's the calculations of the mechanical system to make sure that it meets the code, to make sure that the size of the unit is equivalent to the size of the house. And the, gotcha. and the okay. like heat loss calculations and all that Perfect. nonsense. Ooh. All, all right. right. To me, so that's two out of three. Two out of three. That's, Pre- that's pretty fun. fun. That's fun. <laughs> all right. We're going to take a break for the market update. Uh, we'll find out what's been going on in the local real estate market and trends with guidance for both buyers and sellers. Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real Estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. 
When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn. It's time for the market update on the phone with us from Hodeg country. <laughs> Asher Masino taking a little side rest stop where she had some decent cell reception to check in with our market update. How are you doing, Asher? That's right. Thanks, Ben. I'm doing well. I am currently in Rhinelander, but passing through quickly on my way to the UP. If you have time to go on vacation, does that mean, <laughs> does that mean things have slowed down just a little bit? Things are starting to slow down. Yeah. I mean, I have had this planned trip, uh, this trip planned for months now, but usually when you're getting to mid or the end of June, we are starting to see the market slow down. And then July usually gets very slow. Yeah. Um, and this year it maybe came a little bit early due to interest rates increasing significantly all of a sudden. Yeah. I think interest rates as well as just a, a kind of a a buyer fatigue. Do you think that this is more in line with Madison's traditional real estate summer slump or signs of something larger? Well, at this point, I don't think it's signs of something larger. I think this is still pretty typical for what happens in the Madison seasonal real estate market. I mean, even in the past two years that were insane, just like the past six months, we still saw July and August be really, really slow. Um, and while there are a lot of other forces at play, you know, interest rates are going up, there's inflation happening, we still have a backlog of buyers trying to purchase in Madison and Dane County. Um, and while things might slow down a little bit more due to interest rates, I don't see us having an enormous correction in the market quite yet. You know, a lot of houses right now, um, there are some houses that are not getting offers that first weekend on the market. And those that are, um, sometimes they're just getting one or a couple. They're not getting that like 10 to 20 offers. We saw what, like January through April. So for the sellers out there, it only takes one offer and it might take more than a week, but there's still plenty of people shopping. But thank you, Asher, for your time, and you enjoy yourself in uh, in the in the in the Michigan above us. Awesome, thank you, Ben. Bye bye. Listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam. Right across the table from me is Ben Anton. And on the line, we've got Todd Steege of TNT Insulation. Todd, thanks for being here today and congratulations on proving your fun worthiness, I suppose. Do you do do you also do dirty deeds done dirt cheap? (laughs) (laughs) Is that like I believe the side of the truck says that you are going to deliver explosive energy savings. Have any of your energy savings actually ever exploded? No, we've never blown up a house yet. All right, that's good to know. And that's a hundred percent right there. So that's good. (laughs) One day, somebody said somebody knowing that you'd done uh, the insulation for me on Jackson, they sent a picture of the truck outside the house and like like I don't know if they said I hope everyone's going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, when you did my house on Jackson, you did a foam insulation of the attic space would i i would not have heard the hail as well as i did today if i was in an attic that had foam insulation in it would i todd correct yeah the the spray foam helps to minimize the impact 
and the, the thud noise that you're hearing through rain, snow, sleet. I feel like we talk about Mona's house quite a bit um, and that some of our listeners might be familiar with the projects that we've tackled. And, and I think that you've done, I, between Jackson Street and Mona's house on Main Street, I kind of feel like you've done a little bit of everything for me at some point. One of the things you've done on, on Mona's house on Main Street, and, and I believe to be one of the first things uh, someone might do if they want to think about comfort and, uh, and beginning to air seal and insulate their home is sill boxes. And those sill boxes, for those of you who are unaware, are the, are the square cavities Above your head, where the floor joists run over the brick. I don't. I don't know. To tell me one more time. The sill I, box. So we're looking. Yeah. We're, we're point. I'm pointing to them now. So Adam sees. But the uh, the floor joists create long rectangles yep. okay. that, that that sit over the top of the foundation. When you're inside the house, right? When you're inside the house. When you're inside the house, you're looking up at your basement. You're at the basement wall. Yep. You're looking up above your head. And that space is referred to as a seal box. Gotcha. And, and in reality, it's only like two boards thick. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. like, that's the, the rim joist. So the only thing between you and the outside cold is two boards. Right. Is that often the first thing that, that gets done, Todd? Um, it all kind of depends on the homeowner and the preference. Uh, a lot of times we start at the attic and kind of work our way down as well. But what you're doing when you seal off the, the sill boxes in there, you're reducing the stack effect which is the cold air entering in through the sill boxes and then rising up through the rest of the space. So just by sealing that off, you start to increase the comfort because you're reducing the amount of air infiltration or the amount of times that air turns over in the house. One of the reasons that it's probably such a high priority for for uh, the city to keep an eye on, as well as the, mm. as well as the state, with our previous uh, residential weatherization, and why and why Todd, um, and he may have done my attic first, but we started started there, and it really did seal the house up. Like mm-hmm. it again, that that candle or chimney effect, where where in order for the warm air to rise out of your house, it has to draw in cool air from below. Sure, right, and that's and that's one of the ways to seal that. So sill boxes, is that like the low-hanging fruit then, Todd? Is that like one of the first things you look at? Yeah. Usually we start there and take a look at that and move our way up through the rest of the house. It's a good way to seal it up, like you said, and there's no chance for moisture or dew point to occur, which sometimes happens in those sill areas, which could eventually rot out that sill plate mm. or rim plate. So by what? doing spray foam, it eliminates those two concerns as well. Can you tell us a little bit about the difference between a closed cell and an open cell foam, Todd? Yeah, so closed cell is, like the name implies, it's a closed cell product, which means the cells completely form and close, and that prevents moisture or dew point from occurring within the op- in the cavity and in the insulation itself, whereas an open cell does not close the pores off, so moisture can still travel through it. Closed cell typically has a higher R value, about 7.5 per inch, where an open cell has about 4 to 4.5 per inch. Typically, we use closed cell in all the exterior extremities of the house, and then we use an open cell for more like a sound dampening if somebody would like something between floors or between walls. Mm -hmm. But when you use standard insulation, uh, like a fiberglass or a cellulose, you might often include what is called a vapor barrier, like a really thick trash bag would be that would qualify that thickness um but that 
vapor barrier needs to be on the warm side of the house. Is that right, Todd? That's correct. And oh. that is because if it if warm, moist air from the inside of your house was able to travel through the insulation a little bit to the cold side hmm. and start to condense, creating a situation where there's very little air movement but moisture being born inside your insulation, which can be a risk for mold. Not good things, right. So the closed cell foam does not allow that warm, moist interior air through the foam, uh, just as a vapor barrier would not allow it through either a cellulose or a fiberglass insulation. I had to go into the attic, which we did a, a blown cellulose or like a loose cellulose. What are the important things that you do before blowing in cellulose that a homeowner might not think of? Go through, find the electrical penetrations, plumbing penetrations, chimneys, anywhere that air can exchange from within the living space to the attic space and make sure those are sealed off and it's sealed off appropriately. If you want to use a flame-resistant product to seal around the chimney because, again, there would be fire or a floor mm -hmm. there. So and you want to use appropriate materials in the appropriate spaces. We're helping it not flow through those protrusions mm -hmm. and into the attic, um, which is, again, creating like a vapor barrier below our new loose-fill cellulose in insulation. A lot of people that I sell houses to get to stick their head up there and they see that it's this much or that it's lumpy or that it's not even what what kind of what should the appearance of a properly uh, insulated to modern standards attic be todd our values are different in different products and over the years the code has changed so that's why some people say well insulation settles or doesn't settle but it could be just code has changed over the years so a nice insulated attic would be about 15 to 16 inches of loose fill cellulose insulation. And if it was a, a fiberglass product, that could be closer to 24 to 26 inches to get that same R50 R value. But what's the other thing you do before blowing that attic full? Uh, the other thing is to make sure that we have proper ventilation coming in to turn over the air. So if moist, warm air does get into the attic space, it has the ability to then exit through the the ridge vent or the pan vents that are located on the attic. This is hard to believe and it never happens, but a properly, like the perfect insulated attic should be the same temperature as it is outside. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam. Uh, ben is here with me too. And on the line, we've got Todd Steech of TNT Insulation. Todd, I guess my question is, should I, <laughs> I'm no expert in this space for sure. Should I even mess with installation at all? Is this a job that a, do a DIYer can do? A lot of homeowners could do some of this stuff, but depending on the difficulty of the home, some of it might be best left to a professional. You can definitely try and go to Menards Home Depot, but they don't typically have the machines that have the power to blow it in as well as our machines do. And typically we'll get a better products then you can pick up at like a big box retail as well too okay so like the the consumer level stuff is maybe not what you think you're getting out of it correct yeah yeah if okay. you if you've taken the time to have a, an energy audit or like if you are truly invested in performance then 
much like maybe changing your own oil, there are things that should be left to the to experts, the, to the professionals. We're back on on Main Street at Mona's. We've sealed sealed the sill boxes uh, with the foam. That same uh, trip with the foam for the purpose of efficiency. We also uh, insulated the underside of an addition or of my front porch. There's a there's a heated space out that does not that goes out over the uh, the lawn where there's not a foundation beneath it so we sealed that with the foam uh, and then we're sealed on top and properly vented in the attic but I, we talked about how loud it can be uh, when it rains or hails uh, or it can just be loud when your neighbors come home mm-hmm. when there is no insulation in your walls how many houses do you come across yet in our modern society, Todd, that have zero insulation in the exterior walls? Quite a few, actually. Um, most people don't know it, but the houses that were really built before 1950s really didn't have much insulation in them or, or any insulation in them at all. And it really wasn't until closer to the 70s when we actually started filling those cavities full. So there's a lot of homes in our wow. area that- how would you know? Is the date like a factor, or are there homes from that area that, that era that were insulated that way? Or how would you know? I guess you could know by doing again uh, an infrared scan or uh, a home energy audit, um, but mainly by the age of the house, we can get a pretty good feel for what it is as as well. Plus, you living in the home, you can tell if it's a draftier home, if certain rooms seem extra cold compared to others. You know, just kind of talking back and forth and getting a feel for how the house acts as a system and. If when the neighbor slams the door of their Subaru, it sounds like they're in your living room, yeah. that might that might be an indication. Thank <laughs> you. Um, so that and that is, I believe, one of the one of the final steps that um, that we'll do here on uh, at Mona's house. And Todd and I have have had this discussion already, and it's just I'm I'm trying to finish the kitchen before I blow the, but. Yeah. Um, but he can do this kind of thing, retrofit or like retrofit an older home with with uh, the sa- the same product as he'd put in the attic, but packed more densely. Is that correct, Todd? That's correct. Yeah, when we put it in the wall cavities, we pack it to about three to three and a half pounds per cubic foot, which helps it prevent it from settling in the future. Okay, so that's like a dense a dense that's pack of packing that it same, tight in there. It sounds that like. same fluffy stuff that's in your in your attic, but smooshed up in a space, um, and that can be done from the outside. So a lot of if you've ever seen something that was blown in after the fact on a wooden house, or sometimes they they cut a hole out. They cut yeah. a hole. There circumstances where less is more? With insulation, really, it's the one thing you can do to your house that will actually give you a benefit back. So the more you can insulate near the house, the lower your energy costs will be in the future. Mm-hmm. And with the price of gas these days... <laughs> you want to stay home. <laughs> that's, that's probably... You talked about why, you know, why the 1970s homes were the first to see real attempts at insulating. Well, at the same time, sure. we got like those ugly small cars that were supposed to get good gas mileage too. I would imagine that that was kind of a market-driven uh, Sorry, when the response to the began. energy crisis. Yeah. Back in the attic over on Jackson Street, because we were insulating from interior to exterior, you would have used closed cell foam there, right? That's correct. And, uh, 
And then in the then I also on Jackson Street had you do an in, an interior crawl space where you did like the it's it was picture worthy. It was beautiful. <laughs> like sometimes you have like a nasty ass spider filled bugs crawl space and then when Todd is done with it it looks like an operating room <laughs> and everything everything is just beautiful and white and he cuz he did cuz this is where your your work kind of gets a little bit out of insulating and back into that air ceiling mm-hmm. um where he took a crawl space that had a dirt floor installed a very heavy duty uh vapor barrier on the ground and then sealed from the edges of it with foam up onto the knee walls and then into the joist cavities or those sill boxes. So he completely like like enveloped, as in created sure. an envelope of a nasty space that could in that could have been a risk location for radon gas. Mm, could have been uh I mean, it just like it turned the most nastiest, dirtiest part of the house into like this pristine, draped, operating room, clean kind of space. And I don't know what you charged me for that, Todd, but there was pretty much like could, there was no, like the value I felt in the change of that space was probably a lot more than you charged me. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's made, write, write that down, Todd. Yep. I'll make a note of that. <laughs> you told me that you had to insulate a house when the roof came off. What was that about? Yeah, so sometimes we can't access a, a certain roof space from the interior. So then we work with a roofer, and he'll take the decking and the thing goes off so that we can access those areas from above. So is that so, a surgical thing, or you got to take a whole roof off to do that? Um, it kind of depends on the roof and how it lays out. Sometimes we can just take off parts of it, but anywhere that we have to do is spray foam, unfortunately, we do have to take all those boards off. Yeah. Let me ask you this question, Todd. So neighbor of mine recently installed a sunroom on their house. And it sits about a foot off the ground. So clearly there's air that circulates underneath it. And they did it one year, and I think they had their first winter with it. And I asked them, you know, how was it? Did it stay warm during the winter? And they said, no. What do you think happened or what didn't happen for that room to remain cold enough that they barely used it in the winter? So a lot of times when they put in the, the sun porches and if they're rolled to the ground like that, they'll just stuff batting down into the floor joists rather than doing a spray foam. So you still get that air traveling through the fiberglass and making that floor cold. I don't know if that's the same situation with your deck, Ben, where you said you were... Like my front front porch slash office has that closed cell information (laughs) under it because it's a good two, three feet off the ground and, and super cold underneath my porch. Right. And that's a situation where the spray foam is a lot more functional than just batting or like the rolls of insulation that you would think of. Correct. And and there's a lot of times where sometimes there's an addition. If you can see the addition from inside the basement, like if the airspace underneath the crawl space and the airspace in the basement are connected, then the insulation should not be on the underside of the floor, but it should be at the exterior walls. Mm -hmm. It should be Mm -hmm. because because you don't want to insulate the floor from the warm basement. Mm Mm-hmm. You want that to, those air spaces to communicate. If 
an addition is built and it doesn't communicate with the basement, if it is completely exterior of the heating of the building envelope, then you want to insulate under the floor. And if there is a space created underneath that addition, it should be vented to the outside, just like an attic. And then a lot of times if they have any heat runs or water runs running out into there too, making sure those are properly defined within the thermal envelope so that they don't freeze. listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. Uh, ben Anton is my cohort here, and we've got Todd Steege on the line with TNT Installation. Um, Todd, it's been very uh, informative here. Is insulation one of the better spends that you could do on your house if you're looking to save money or have something that's going to resell? Yes. Like I said, um, for the most part, insulation added to your house will give you an added benefit as far as energy reduction, reducing your monthly expenses, as well as the resale value of the house. Because a lot of people do look in the attic or your inspectors will look in the attic to see if there's adequate insulation or not, too. Any like estimation on like recouping the cost? Yeah. So on, on average, I'd say you usually get your investment back within 10 years for like attic insulation, depending on which way you go. Um, Sidewalls, you could see maybe... A return again in like 10 to 15 years, and then your sill boxes will take about that same amount of time as well. Mm-hmm. And, no, and nothing that you do is super expensive. I think people should understand that too. Um, while while the, I think foam foam is expensive, like literally the product is pretty pricey. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, most of your costs are the material costs. And uh, but but a tiny little home like Mona's house to get the attic done and made proper into today's standards was not that much money mm. at all. Um, and then I suppose it's a tiny house, so <laughs> nothing, nothing is that much. But um, but again, like the value that that I felt in that crawl space was like a ten, and it cost like a four. Yeah, you know, it was the the it can. It's like he can just like put a bow on things and it <laughs> makes it makes it beautiful. So we talked about the blown in cellulose. We talked about dense packing. We talked about closed cell foam. We talked about uh, sill boxes. We talked about crawl spaces. Is there anything that that you do that I haven't had you do on either Mona's house or Jackson Street? I think the only other thing would be potentially some sound dampening insulation and. Again, that could be a, a different mix of things. Like I said, an open cell foam, sometimes if it it works out or if there's a certain application, that might be a good thing. Cellulose picks up a lot of sound and helps down, uh, dampen the sound between rooms and between floors. And then there's also a mineral wool insulation that also helps dampen the sound. Hmm. See, we just send the girls to their mother's house when we record. <laughs> It had I had I had you spray the ceiling with that open cell foam, I might be able to just let them watch some TV upstairs. <laughs> or when I stomp on the floor when the Xbox gets a little too much. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll take a quick break then for Phil's phone in. He's going to give us his look beyond the 608. Maybe talk. I'm going to ask him specifically to tell me why I shouldn't be worried about losing so much money in the stock market. Oh, boy. Um We're going to have him talk about that, and then uh, we'll be back to get one more thing with Todd. 
Time for Phil's phone-in. Phil Plort is my business partner in Deacon Housing, president of Madison's Blimling & Associates, a dairy commodities consulting firm, a division of Dairy.com, and host of the brand new podcast, The Dairy Download. Keeping an eye on the faraway and diverse markets is what he does. Seeing how it might affect real estate here in Madison is what he does for fun. Here he is with a look beyond the 608. Hey, Ben, it's Phil with a view from beyond the 608. Have you looked at your investment portfolio lately? Yikes. As of Friday, June 17, the S&P 500 was down 23% year-to-date. With that, we're in bear market territory. If the declines persist for another few weeks, this will be the 29th official bear market since 1928. The last one was in 2020 as COVID's initial spread took the S&P 500 down 34%. Before that, you have to go to early 2009 when the market dropped 28% over 62 days. Inflation seems to be the biggest issue right now, something we've discussed more than once over the past several months. With consumer prices soaring, the U.S. Federal Reserve is raising interest rates, trying to slow momentum. Generally speaking, the stock market doesn't like higher interest rates. In the meantime, consumers continue to confront the highest gasoline prices ever. Two weeks ago, with regular unleaded closing in on $5 per gallon, I estimated that the average U.S. household is spending $134 per week on gasoline up $48 from last year, and up $86 versus the same period in 2020. That money has to come from somewhere, creating anxiety about corporate earnings. With equity market values down and prices for everything up, consumers are not happy. The latest reading of the Reuters University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index was at the lowest level since the survey began in 1978. That's creating anxiety too. It can be a vicious cycle. Yet at some point, things stabilize. I don't know when, but if the current environment has you a little nauseous, maybe a little context will help. Even with the S&P 500 down by 23% year-to-date, the index is still more than 60% above its March 2020 COVID lows, and we're sitting 420% above the March 2009 lows. So Ben, take heart. All is not lost, literally or figuratively. Until the next time, this is Phil with a view from Beyond the 608. Come a little bit closer Hear what I have to say You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name, Adam. Uh, his name is Ben. Uh, Todd Steege was in a, in studio with us with TNT Insulation. But Ben, what was that? That was everything we need to know about all that Todd does as it relates to insulating our attics, our crawl spaces, our sill boxes, as well as providing sound deadening and dampening solutions for interior spaces in our homes. Yeah. So really... We did. We did top to bottom or bottom to top. Yep. Um, by chance, between the two houses that, that I've talked about the most and lived in the most recently, I've had all him do almost everything save save sound dampening, which which I've been reminded with two teenage daughters <laughs> home for the summer might be a good idea. Or near my house, which is close to the interstate, I hear the interstate, and it's one of the things that drives me nuts about the house, that I'll hear the, like this low hum and like, oh, yeah, of course you can get sound dampening insulation to maybe block some of that out. Uh, I will say I did learn what sill boxes were. I always knew like, oh, yeah, in the basement, that's the part of the wall that has the insulation stuffed into it. But, oh, yeah, it's a sill box. And, and it, really, it really is a space where there's... J- 
where between you and the outside is like three inches of wood. Yeah. And wood itself, without an airspace, is 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 not a great conductor of, of heat and cold, but it is. But it can flow through, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, and that's not. And there's obviously where the where the the rim joist meets the top of the foundation. There's there's mm-hmm. there's a seam there. There's sure. a crack there, and they didn't lay down a polyurethane uh, foam uh, band before they put their treated lumber sill. That that is not how they built them. That's not how they did it. Yep. And you have that with the foam in your basement, and I think you're telling me you like it. It, it was to be it was a remarkable well. and and a, and a yeah. significant difference. I still have to have the exterior walls of my home insulated, but because I'm air sealed on top, and air sealed at my sill boxes, I have a lot less of that chimney effect yeah. where the warm air is rising through my house and out through the through the roof. All right. So good information from Todd there. We, we appreciate that. People can find out more when they reference the newsletter. They're going to find out more in the newsletter, the 22nd, 22nd read. It is delivered on or about the 22nd of each month and written in easy to digest segments, taking only 20 seconds to read. Uh, it's going to have a little reiteration of the, uh, the market mm-hmm. update, maybe some additional in insights there, some homeownership tips, as well as links to the most recent episodes and reminders of the things that we've talked about here on Real Estate in the 608. Yep, which, by the way, has a new website. New website. the same URL. It's in the 608.com. But thanks to Becky, who I think is our... Thanks to Becky. Well, she kind of like took... What what did she do? Becky did the technical side of it. You like teed her up. You like... like, teeter up and then becky there's the making the website look good and usable and like functional and then there's the technical side to like make it on the internet so everybody can find it and it can work i i sent out an email i said let's all just stay in our wheelhouses (laughs) which meant which as it relates to the website meant that i shut my mouth (laughs) and adam does the ux yeah and Becky connects the 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 wires, the tubes. The two wires and she's, tubes. Sure. she's literally the one who connects the tubes on the internet. So. Yeah. So thanks to Becky and, and all their work. Um, and I, is it still clunky? It's a little clunky yet. Uh, it, it, you know, there's always some wheels to grease when you start things off. But go it's, ahead, check it out. Functional. Send us an email. It'll it'll be good. It'll make me feel like you listen. That's right. Say, this didn't work for me. <laughs> we should also uh, thank and uh, recognize the musical guests that you've been hearing uh, throughout this episode. Um, f- so fantastic to hear that Bob Westfall had a had a nice ceremony for him. Yeah, that was that was a good time, and, and uh, some money was raised too for what I can't even imagine were significant medical medical costs. And uh, it was it was nice to see Rebecca. And I'll here's here's my little my little moment with Bob. Um, Bob was married to Rebecca for probably about, I don't know, a good number of years, maybe maybe even 10, more, 15. Um, but I gave them tickets to a show at the Barrymore that was their first date. Like when, oh, I, was, really? when I was back at Triple M <laughs> and Bob was just my guitar teacher and and he would he would every you once the in a ticket while connection. <laughs> he would every once in a while record a Christmas song or do something uh-huh. fun for the station. Yep. Um, Ricky Lee Jones. Uh-huh. That was, was the show? That was the show, oh. and that's where they had their first date. And then years later, I sold uh, he and Rebecca a house after, they got, after they'd gotten together. And then, uh, but yeah, so that's my little... Oh, that's great. That's really nice to hear. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, also, thanks to the Mad City Jug Band, who you can see at Atwood Fest, uh, the end of Coming July. Up. 
and our other musical guests, uh, Renclaw, El Donk, Oak Street Ramblers, and Seesaw, who's very much on tour this very summer, much, too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just shared one of their Milwaukee shows coming up. Um, and here, a correction. Oh, okay. Corrections. I put an advertisement in the Eastside News mm-hmm. that incorrectly put the uh, Lafette de Marquette in June instead of July. Like the right, oh. the right numbers, but the wrong month. And today I received an angry voicemail from a <laughs> blocked phone number uh, telling me that, and, and we had realized it and had been corrected for the next insertion and it's sure. right on the website. Yep. This gentleman was not the first to notice, but he was the first to call me and tell me that because of that error, he knew that I would be lousy real estate representation. <laughs> oh, jeez. And then he hung up, and I tr- and I tried to call to apologize in a way that you know only I could. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But he had blocked my number. Yeah. Did he at least talk to you in like an angry French accent for Lafette? <laughs> that might have made it worth it for me. I, I don't know. know. I'll play it for you later. But if you're listening, or sir, if, you have if offended me. If you're at a party <laughs> and somebody has a drink too much and tells you about this. Hilarious voicemail they left for that asshole Ben Anton with the wrong month on the Lafetta Marquette on his on his print ad. Um, you just know that that I made it well. I it made did. It right. I mean, at least you didn't say it was July and it was actually June, so you'd miss it. Yeah, at like least, you still can. Like, at least, tag the, into at least this, thing. this guy will get there early. Well. You know, some folks, you can't please everyone, right? So there's my asterisk. Oh, that's all right, Ben. I, st- I still like you, friend. You're doing just fine in my book. <laughs> I like you, too. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot, Ben. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast for homeowners, home buyers, landlords, tenants, people who just want to be better at living in a home. If you can't get enough real estate in the 608 between episodes, like us on Facebook at In the 608 or visit inthe608.com for archived episodes and show notes. Remember, until you tell us, we don't know. We appreciate your listening as well as your ratings and reviews at your favorite podcast portal. We also welcome feedback and topic suggestions via email to Ben at benanton.com. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fists curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. And come on, baby, won't you keep me safer than that high score on that pinball game? You're always playing at your favorite arcade. Could be taking the Baby, won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours that you're buying at those wasted hours? And come on, baby, won't you talk me sweet? Instead, I'm staring at this empty seat because you got.
got someone else you'd rather be So 